Aberrations. Written and directed by Brian Esquivel. Based on the book Trist by Aaron Eldridge. Part 1. Maryland, September 1999. Zebulon Eldridge, who went by Zeb, was a 22-year-old junior at the University of Maryland. He sat in his parents' kitchen within their modest ranch-style home, studying a book on philosophy. Zeb's father, Mr. Eldridge, walked into the room with news. Well, Zeb, did you hear? Hear what? Our loan was finally approved. Oh, cool. Well, congrats. I guess that means the land is yours now. Well, not quite yet, but it will be. Before you know it, we'll have a great house out there, and hopefully we'll be fishing off that dock from sunrise to sunset. I'm really happy for you guys, Dad. I, I just can't imagine this family without the house. But I think the change will do you guys some good. Look, Zeb, I know you and your brothers have seen a bit of discontent over the years between your mother and me. But we still love each other very much. And you're right, this move will do us both a lot of good. I just want to thank you for being able to see what's going on. I know this is going to be tough for you and your brother, but do what you can to let him know that this is best for all of us. Of course, Dad. Hey, I'm heading to the new Ford dealership in just a few. Do you want to come along? I... I... I mean, I'd like to, but I told Aaron and Daniel we'd go on a hike in the woods after I finished studying. <laughs> the woods again. You boys really love it out there, don't you? I think it's more that we've just been doing this for so long, and soon we just won't be able to. I get it. Just try to have your brothers back in time for dinner, okay? Your mother's making that tuna casserole you like. You're confusing me with Aaron again. But I'll make sure we're back. Hey, Daniel. Whenever you're good with Carson, Aaron and I are ready for that walk. Perfect timing. I wasn't really in the mood to sit through the jungle book for the thousandth time. Just then, Aaron, the youngest of the three brothers, comes in from the other room. We ready to go? Oh good, let's do this. I don't think it's possible for the two of you to appreciate these times as I wish you could. Oh, now, don't say all that. I love these times with the two of you. I think I can appreciate it. Yeah, of course you do. But you know Daniel and I have a lot more history in these woods. I can respect that. Hey, what year was it when you and your friend Casey first started coming out here? Wow, Casey. I haven't heard that name in a while. It was about 15 years ago that we were last out here, right around the time you were born. I really miss that guy, especially when I'm here. So sad to see a tired man lay down his hand and quit the holy game of poker. Why did he do it? You know, Aaron, I'll probably be asking myself that question for the rest of my days. I hope neither of you ever know what it is to have a friend take themselves from this world. 
It's, how do I put this? It's absurd. Absurd? It means it's ridiculous, to the point of being unfathomable. I know what absurd means. I was just taking it on. Aaron had a way of doing this that troubled his brothers, especially Daniel. Daniel longed for a simpler time when his worries were far fewer. He worried that his brothers were growing too quickly, maturing, leaving behind their innocence too soon. What a beautiful thing, Daniel thought as he watched his younger brothers walk before him. Don't go taking on too much, Aaron. You have a whole lifetime ahead of you for that. I know, I know, but I could also leave this world at any moment. And before I do, I want to know as much about the lives that you and Zeb have lived as I can. Well, you just tell us what you want to know. We're always here for you. Well, then how about this? Tell me, Zeb, are you happy? In all honesty, Aaron, I am happy. I mean, I have my ups and downs. The mundaneness of the world gets to me sometimes, but where I'm really happy is in these woods. I love the smell of the trees and the feel of the dirt on my feet. And it just feels like home. And you too are a big part of that. I hope you get that, little brother. I do love the way you put yourself into words. It's as though our entire lives are expressed here in these trees. Perhaps we're never as honest with the rest of the world as we are here. Perhaps this place brings out all that it is to be honest. Though it may also have to do with the fact that we aren't exactly alone out here. You think he's still out here? I'm sure he is. Who? Well, we've mentioned it before, but there's a man or spirit out here that has manifested itself to both Daniel and I on a few occasions. What was your take on it, Daniel? I don't think there's much to worry about. He's here, and I never got the sense that he wished us any kind of harm. Well, that's good, I guess. He has as much right to this place as we do. But he doesn't have a fort out here. Neither do the two of you. You have almost half of a fort. Well, then he doesn't have almost half a fort. <laughs> He's got you there. I guess he does. So, I get why I love it here. I'm supposed to. But what is it that keeps you two coming back? Wow, that's quite a question. What do you think, Z? Well, things are just different out here. It feels like I'm in the right place at the right time. I couldn't have put it better myself. I think I know what you mean. That being said, the sun is getting a little low in the sky. We should head back. Zeb had always felt a visceral connection to this land. As he walked and watched his younger brother traversing the land in front of him, he couldn't help but feel such a deep connection to the young man that he saw so very much of himself in. Even now, with the words of Kant and Dorita swirling through his mind on a daily basis in his studies, 
He could not disregard his love for this place and his brothers that surrounded him. He'd grown a special bond with Aaron, as their passions for medieval European folklore and the mythos that surrounded were invariably a significant part of their time spent in conversation. As the young men came to a clearing, just overlooking their parents' home, the three settled at their regular overlook. You guys want to sit and have a quick smoke? I guess now is as good a time as any. For... Well, it looks like Mom and Dad were approved for the loan. So... That's it, then. It's the beginning of a change. But this is just the beginning. They still have to find a buyer for this place. We still have some time here, but it's likely only a matter of months. Wow. I can't believe it. Yeah, it won't be easy. But we should make the most of the time we have left here. And do our best to be supportive of this choice. Dad feels it'll do them both some good. The house itself was home to a great many memories for the Eldritches. Four children had been raised there. Their mother seeing to it that each be raised in the Catholic faith and tradition. Teresa, who had since moved out and married, was the first, and her three brothers followed behind one every seven years. And so it was that Aaron became the last to grace the Eldritch Estate. One week later, Aaron and two of his friends, Alex Wilkinson, a bright but often fretful young man, and Greg Logan, a most polite and strong-willed 16-year-old, were now in the Eldritch's basement We find the three languishing through the latter stages of a game of Dungeons and Dragons as Aaron flips through a book trying to navigate his way through an increasingly troubling labyrinth. His brother Zeb enters down the stairs. Hey, the hell are you assholes doing down here? Trying to play D&D. I'm sitting right here. I can hear you. My impatience with you wasn't intended to be a secret. (laughs) Is that a fact? You guys are funny. Let's go for a hike. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, but uh, our D&D campaign. That's okay. We can always come back to it later. Come on, let's go. So off into the woods, the fort ascended. Zeb and Greg grabbed walking sticks as they entered through the wall of trees. Zeb led the way as Aaron took up the rear. Let's go somewhere new. I mean, Aaron, you've been there, but Greg, you haven't. I'm all for exploring the new. Do your worst, good sir. Hey, look, there's that weird stone. Weird stone? What do you mean? You've never seen it? Can't say I have. We'll have to show them. Of course we do. The four descended down a gentle hillside and entered into a darkened area under the green canopy of the woods. There before them laid what appeared to be something in the form of a natural-looking tombstone. Here it is. Yeah. It's a rock, all right. No, no, no. Look again. Closely. Greg leaned in and then took a knee next to the large stone. He 
He brushed away a bit of dirt, and as he did, he then clearly saw two very distinct and masterfully carved letters etched into the surface of the great stone. If. What the hell does that mean? If or I-F? Who can really say? Zeb pondered the question for himself as he continued on down the trail. Aaron and Alex followed soon after. Greg lingered a moment, touching the letters once more before standing and catching up to the rest. So, where the hell are we going? I just wanted you to see the other stone. There are two very similar stones, that's why we call this Twin Mountain. It's like the inner sanctum of the forest. Whoa. Even the trees grow larger in this area. Let's continue on for a bit. The three walked on in silence as they emerged into a large clearing. Hey, I'm going to sit down for a sec. I think I got a rock or something in my shoe. I'll catch up. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Alex took a seat just at the edge of the clearing as the rest ascended a hill that leads up to another heavily wooded area. This doesn't exactly look familiar. What the hell was that? Did you guys see that? See what? At the edge of the trees. Something just disappeared into the woods. I didn't see anything. It's probably just a deer. It looked more like a man, but okay, whatever. Maybe it was a hiker. Yeah, maybe. This clearing, though? I don't remember this. Yeah, but it's okay. If we get to a little higher ground, I'm sure we can orient ourselves and get our way back. Just before them was a wall of trees on a steep slope. The three looked around in all directions, hoping to find a landmark. You two just sit here. I'm going to go run up this slope and check out the surroundings. Yeah, man, we're more than happy to hang and sit here for a bit. Take your time. Zeb came across a strange structure within the trees. He moved around what appeared to be a dwelling of sorts, wondering who or what could possibly reside there. Hello? Hello? As Zeb made his way to the front of the structure, he discovered a strange collection of large rocks shaped in various geometric forms, and even more curiously, all are concealed beneath sheets of clear plastic. The place was quite surreal, He felt as if he were on some distant planet that had just received a supply of exotic materials. He wondered to himself what he'd seen at the edge of the clearing as he continued to examine the stones. He worked his way around to the front of the yard of the dwelling. As he made his way through these large stone structures, he saw a figure lying in the near distance on a patch of grass. Holy shit. Oh God, please don't be a dead body. He inched forward trying to get a better view. He noticed something strange about the head of the body. It was unnaturally large, and had a strange, shiny white skin. What the fuck? Just as he decides to investigate a bit closer, the body begins to twitch. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Zeb stumbled as he retreated. He gained a short distance on the creature and then sprinted down the hill back into the clearing. 
He again stumbled from the trees into the open and saw Aaron and Greg where he left them. Aaron and Greg casually stood as they saw him coming, though the fear in his eyes was evident as he quickly knew. Zed waved his arms in the air, trying to get their attention. Run! 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 What? Why? <sighs> Aaron and Greg stumbled back as Zeb flew by them. The two sprinted with him. The three took a side trail as they rushed by Alex in the distance. After about a hundred yards, Zeb stopped and the three caught their breath together. What the fuck was that about? I, I, I saw something. What the hell do you mean, something? It, it was like a person, but not exactly. Look, you're freaking us out here. What exactly did you see? It was, it was like a human-like thing, it's, but its head was wrong. Wrong? What do you mean, wrong? Hey, hey, where's Alex? Ah, damn it, we must have taken a different path when we ran out of there. I'm sure we just left him back there a ways. Uh, I'm not going back there. You guys didn't see this thing. I'm telling you, it wasn't human. Well, let's just wait for... What the... Is that Alex? The three looked out and saw Alex about 100 feet ahead of him. How the hell did he get ahead of us? And why the fuck is he walking so casually? Alex! Hey, are you guys coming? Zeb, how did he get ahead of us? I don't know. Let's just get the hell out of here. There's been more than enough weirdness for one day. Hey guys, what took you? How the hell did you get all the way up here? What are you talking about, Aaron? We literally just hiked up here together. Well, I know that. Are you fucking with us? Can we walk and talk? I I really want to just get the hell out of here. Me too. Zeb saw something out there, and Alex somehow teleported, and is acting weird about it, and we're just gonna leave that alone? I teleported? What are you talking about? Okay, this is kind of weird. Look, there's nothing we can do about it at the moment. I don't want to make too much noise, so just keep your voices down and follow me out of here. We can talk back at the house, yeah? As they strolled at a hastened pace, Aaron kept an eye on Alex. Little did he know that this would be the last time the four of them would be together for years to come. They rushed into the house and before Aaron could get into his interrogation, Alex spoke up. Look, this was great and all, but I gotta get going. Whatever. Aaron, don't be like that. That's all good. I think I want to get going too. Today was just fucking weird. And with that, they parted ways. Alex's name hardly came up over the ensuing two years. Zeb went on to graduate from college, while Aaron had just finished his freshman year of high school, living his days with hardly a care in the world. Greg had just graduated from high school, and was taking the summer off with plenty of time to spend with his good friends. On this day, the three were sitting in the living room discussing the trip they took into the woods two years prior, and the events that would follow. This was the first time it had come up since the day they transpired. We really didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, that day marked a big change in Alex. Come to think of it, that was like the last time we were all together. That's strange. Yeah, it felt gradual, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was more like he just stopped talking to us. Well, it's even more strange because it really reminds me of Wendell. What's a Wendell? (laughs) Wendell was a good friend of mine for a time. He was the guy that ran away from home and stayed in the woods for a while. Aaron, you might remember him. Yeah, kind of. How long was he out there? 
That's the strange part. He was out there for like a whole week, and then his father showed up here. Do you remember that, Aaron? Yeah, I remember him being really angry. Yeah, he was more angry than he was concerned. But either way, I told them what I knew, and that I hadn't seen him in like a day or two, but that he could still be out there in the woods. So they made me go in to look for him, and I did. I honestly did my best to find him, but to no avail. I remember being at the edge of the woods and seeing Mom and Dad and Wendell's angry-looking father out there. I looked all around before I emerged, just hoping to see some sign of Wendell. But there was nothing. I was petrified as I was walking out, and before I could say a word, Wendell just popped out of the woods right behind me. I was so shocked that I didn't know what to say. He just stared at me as he walked by, and he and his father walked straight to their car. You never told me that. Well, Mom and Dad were pretty happy with me for having found him. And if I'd have told the truth about what happened, it would have just complicated a situation that was just resolved. So he appeared out of nowhere. Just like Alex. Yeah, just like Alex. And just like Alex, Wendell completely changed. The next time I saw him at school, he was a completely different person. He was dressing differently and just extremely argumentative. He would challenge just about anything I said. We stopped hanging out and I didn't see him for a long, long time. Wow. It's fucking weird. It's, it's so strange that it was such a similar outcome for both of them. I'm not really sure what that means. Let's go outside. I want to have a smoke. Yeah, sounds good. Good with me. Did you tell Greg about the book? No, I figured maybe we'd finish it first. What book are you talking about? Well, it's actually more of a diary that seems to have some sort of narrative. I was out here having a smoke last week, and I was watching this guy take a bunch of trash out to his trash can. And he looked up and saw me and called me over. I was a little sketched out because this guy's never talked to me before. He's never talked to anybody. But he seemed nice, so I walked over, and then he handed me this heavy leather-bound book. And when I was looking at the cover, he said, you should have this. And then he walked back inside. What's the book? It's a lot of things. But most of all, creepy as fuck. Okay. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? You could always read it with us. If you want. It's pretty heavy. Oh, come on. It's a book. I can handle it. There's something different about reading a handwritten book. You'll see. It's really... What's the word? Unnerving? Yeah. That's a good word. Okay. Can I see this fucking book already? Yeah, of course. Once inside, the three headed directly down to the basement. Seb walked over to the bookshelf and retrieved a thick, leather-bound book. He brought it over and placed it down in front of them. Now, Greg, Aaron and I have only spent a little time in this book. But I have to warn you, it feels like it might be changing us, at least cerebrally. Being exposed to another's subjective experiences 
especially those as dark as we've already read so far, can have a way of opening your mind to things you never would have spent time pondering. It's with a heavy heart that we share this book with you. Well, certainly is beautiful. It is. Let's leave him alone here to catch up. Are you good with that? It's a book. I'll be fine. Hey, you're going to stay the night, yeah? I was planning on it. Cool. Okay. Here we go. Greg went on to read the book by himself for the next 20 minutes. After a short while, Aaron returned to the basement to rejoin Greg. Hey, how's it going down here? Honestly, man, I don't even know what to say. Are you caught up yet? I think I'm about there. So, what do you think? Completely unlike anything I've ever read. Or experienced. It's a lot. It's one of the strangest and darkest things I've ever studied. But somehow I feel strangely compelled to finish it. I feel the same. I think about it all the time now. Whatever happened here, it seems like these are all actual accounts of real-life experiences. And it's just way too interesting to not continue. It's so damn dark, though. Wait. Could this all have happened? Like, could this all be real and have happened to a real family? I'm not even really sure. But it feels too real and too viscerally descriptive to be anything other than authentic. I feel like we should show this to someone. Yeah, Aaron said the same thing when he first started reading it. I think we should finish it together, though. I mean, if we come across anything life-threatening, like, of course, we'll turn it over to the cops. But until then, this just feels like a person retelling some very intense, I don't know, supernatural occurrences? I mean, I'm only so comfortable with that term. There could be a few explanations, but for the time being, I guess that's an appropriate catch-all. I think Greg needs a moment to catch up and digest it. But when he does, we should totally read together. I like that. I honestly feel strange about it. Let's just do something else for a while. Yeah, cool. Sounds good to me. Let's just have some dinner and relax. And with that, the three headed from the basement and didn't speak of the book for the rest of the evening. Later that evening, Aaron and Greg laid sleeping in Aaron's small bed. The two were decently comfortable and sleeping soundly beneath the covers. Slowly and quietly, a metallic tapping crept into the room. The sound rouses Greg. What the hell? What the hell is that? Aaron. Okay, what the fuck? Aaron! Ugh. Ugh. What, man? Aaron, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Ah, oh, fuck, it's back. What do you mean it's back? You've heard this before? Yeah. It started about two weeks ago. It only happens every once in a while. Well, should we figure out what it is? I mean, I already tried. I searched the entire house. I could hear it almost everywhere. But I could never find the source. 
Don't you think that's a little fucked up? I mean, I guess it is. I don't really know what else to do, though. Try pressing your ear to the pillow. Okay. Okay, what the hell? You can hear it better, can't you? Yeah. It sounds like it's below us. Yeah, but not right below us. Like, maybe the basement. What do you have down there that could be causing that? I don't know. You know as well as I do. It's not like a normal basement. I don't think there's a furnace down there or anything. Maybe there is, and, and we don't know about it. We can ask my dad in the morning, I guess. Unless you want to go down there and check it out. I don't think I want to go down there. I mean, it's not even rhythmic. Is there anything else it could be? Okay, it's not hurting us, and we're not going down there, so let me get some sleep. I guess. It's probably just house noises. I don't know how I'm going to fall asleep with this shit. But the two would fall back to sleep, and not another word was spoken about it that evening.